Okay, hi guys. Welcome to our first episode of Selfish. I'm your host, Reagan Drake, and I have three stories for you today that I'm very excited to share. So just one more time. If you've seen my intro, you know what this is about, but some people might just be coming in for the first episode. Um, Very brief. This is a podcast where you can send in your stories about your mental health, and I will read them to you. Um to share them with our platform that we're doing. And it can relate to the topic that we're doing this week or if you just feel compelled to share. My hope is that we can read each other's stories in hopes of creating relationships and relating with people and creating community and just friendship in general. Because I found that doing some of my own research and reading different books sometimes can just be daunting because even within that, I feel like I'm living in my own head. So... Sometimes the best things I've found is just putting on a podcast and just hearing about people's day or relating to what they said and going, okay, I'm not crazy. Like, that's a thing that happens and that either definitely happened to me or I can definitely relate to that at some point in my life. And that's kind of where the inspiration for this came from. Um, In my notes, I have, do not forget to remind everyone you are not a professional. (laughs) So that's what we need to do right now. I have no licensing in mental health. I have no like higher education in mental health. I have a bachelor's degree in acting. So I tell stories. That's what I'm doing. I'm telling your stories without any professional um, insight into mental health. I am right alongside you. I, to be very honest, just recently started a mental health journey. Um, It's very, very new within a year-ish and yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on either. I have some baby steps I started, but I'm also looking to you guys for help with where you started and different experiences that I can relate to and follow and yeah. So after that, my second housekeeping thing I need to attend to really fast before we completely jump in is to subscribe and review. I know you hear every everyone always say that if they have their podcast, vlog, whatever. But the reviews are extremely important because that's what helps get this podcast seen in like people's like suggestion boxes or it'll be like one of the more top ones that pop up when people type in like mental health or just the title in general. So please, please, please review if you're on a podcast app right now. Listen to the whole thing. Write an honest one and stick it out there for me. I would really appreciate it. Um, Yeah, so let's go ahead and jump in now. So, sorry, I am a little nervous, and this next part is literally let's check in with myself, with you guys. Um, Okay, I definitely am a little nervous right now. I've been a little stressed about this podcast all day. I feel a little overwhelmed by it, and there's just a bunch of stuff on my mind that I can't, like, calm down about, like, I need to do the cat boxes, like the cat litter boxes today. I have no food in the house. I have to go get groceries. Like I have to go do that. Um, So there's a lot of like have to do's today. And I just need to take a breath and center in with you guys and give these stories justice to tell them. But I'm very, I think I'm also like very nervous. So that's where a little bit of this overwhelmed feeling is coming from. An excited nervous, but like... I just want to definitely do a good job. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so part of like 
this process I want to do with checking in is I want to tell you where I'm at right now with my mental health and just be very honest about that. And like I said, I started less than a year, probably a year ago, honestly. And um, right now I'm working on boundaries and boundaries with my family, with my friends and just, it's hard. (laughs) It's really, really hard. And I'm kind of in this, a little bit of a stressful time in my life where I'm starting to put those into place. Um, I've kind of danced around it for a little bit, for sure. Um, I thought that it was helpful to be a little passive aggressive about boundaries and that has not been helpful and honestly has just caused more stress for me. Um, I'm working on it though. So what I am proud of myself of is that I'm realizing that I'm not in this place I was probably a few years ago where I didn't understand where the stress was coming from. I I know where it's coming from right now. So I'm really proud of myself for being able to identify that instead of just live in this place of like overwhelm, overwhelmness. Um, so yeah, I will check definitely back in with you next week and tell you where I'm at on that. But I want to be very honest with you guys and you can shoot me in emails if you also have experiences with boundaries and them going badly. (laughs) Um, Definitely would like to relate to those. Um, So yeah. And now uh, this week's topic for people to write in about was where did you start your mental health journey and what you wish you would have known when you started or like what you could have told yourself when you, when it started. And I have, like I said, three stories and let's go ahead and jump on in. Um, oh, last thing is that I think it's really important to also say that not everyone has started a mental health journey. Uh, I did not know that I needed to start a mental health journey until about a year ago. So if you have not started, this is definitely also the podcast for you because like we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, Hey, it's okay that you haven't started, but if you're wondering how to, or if you're just curious about exactly what it means to have a mental health journey, I got these for you. So let's go ahead and just jump into story number one. And this one comes from Jessica Dahlheimer. I went to school with Jess. We graduated together. We did our um, showcase, our BFA showcase together. She's just a really lovely person. So I'm just going to get right to it and read it. Um, This is my story. PTSD, abusive, stalking, ex-boyfriend, the war is over, the video explains everything. So Jess does have a video that she said that she made about, actually I wrote it down. Um, This is from 2012 and she's a little baby in it. (laughs) Um, She made a video about it and um, in one of her messages expressed to me that she was really scared about the video and thought about taking it down. But I am so happy that she kept this up. Um, one, she looks like a little baby in it. And two, um, it is just the cutest little thing. She has little videos of her when she was a, like a toddler dancing in these like sh- like glitter little dance girl outfits and stuff. And um, I'm just going to go ahead and jump into the letter. The video explains exactly what most of this letter does. But... Um, You don't get to see a tiny little girl dancing. So here we go. I've always turned to theater as a therapeutic outlet. One of the biggest things I had to relearn was self-love. Knowing I was enough despite what he did to me. 
and regaining confidence after being brainwashed and torn down time and time again, and learning it's okay to struggle. You don't have to pretend and claim you're fine at work with friends or in public, and then when you're by yourself, completely break down. I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to. I still struggle with each each of these daily, but recognize I have come a long way and have so much more room for growth. I go to a therapist and apply certain techniques that they have taught me to calm my anxiety, fight or flight responses, triggers, etc. I highly recommend in all exclamation points. Hold on, give me one second. I keep to myself when it comes to personal things, so talking to someone at first was extremely difficult. But once you break out of that wall, once you break out of that wall, it's like it's like constant light bulb moments and a weight lifted off your shoulders. I cannot say enough to check in in that kind of resource. I am a part of the Faith Church worship team in STL, St. Louis. And that has helped me so much because it has allowed me to be in a safe space, work on my craft as a singer, honor God, and have an amazing support system. I also enjoy reading books that focus on mental health, such as Get Out of Your Head and Girl Stop Apologizing. Great great resources as well. Mental health can be mental, mental health can be, mental health can be hell and a consistent challenge and can and can feel like you'll never escape it you have come to you have to come to terms with it on your own and the beauty of it is you get to decide what things work best for you everyone is different mental health does not define me as a person however it has strengthened me and shaped me into someone i am very proud of um that's just a really great story and um in her video, she goes more into depth about um, her abusive stalking ex-boyfriend and the struggles that went along with that. Um, I really, I didn't ever know that about her when we were in school together, and I wish I had. And yeah, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. I'm very, very sorry. Uh, I am so proud of the way that you have come out of that and you're able to write in today and share with other people. Um, something that I've circled in here in a couple things is that um, she talks about finding a support system. And I've circled that and said community because I think next week that's something I'd like to focus on a lot is community and when you're in these darker places who do you start to find in your community when you're there? And for Jess, it was, it's faith church right now. And I just wanted to touch on that because it can be church. It can be whatever you're finding, um, whatever you're drawn to. But I really would like to know what support systems you guys found outside of where you were and how that helped you. Um, another thing I have highlighted here is I kept to myself when it comes to personal things. So talking to someone at first was extremely difficult. I, to be very honest, had the opposite effect when I first started talking to my counselor. It was like just an overload. Like I finally could talk to somebody that didn't know my 
friends at the time that didn't know my like mom or whoever, like I could finally talk to somebody I didn't have relation with. And I can see the, I can see the opposite of that too, is that you, you don't know that person. So it's harder to trust them at first. And I just, that was a great part. I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to, but I think also the opposite of that is what I relate to. So I totally, I totally get that. So yeah, I, I will put her link to her little video in um, the description below. It's only like five minutes if you guys want to check that out. It's very sweet, very, um, very encouraging as well. So thank you, Jess. All right, uh, let's go ahead and jump into story number two. Um, this one is... This one was, is just very, very good, and it's just very touching. Um, I will say, before we completely jump into story number two, I should have said this in my housekeeping, I am dyslexic, so uh, if I stumble over some words, have a hard time pronouncing them, it's just my brain short-circuiting short between my eyes and phonetics and stuff, so please just bear with me when that happens. All right, so this one, the second story is from Nathaniel Swin, Swinson. Swinson. Um, I remember because I thought it was Swanson, and I thought, no way. And then it was Swinson, which is still a great name, but I thought it was Swanson. Um, so he's right now, he's a resident in Florida. He's married, and he has a baby girl on the way. So that's very exciting. Um, we're going to go ahead and jump on in. Oh, also, if I'm saying their name, they gave me permission in the letter that they sent. So do not worry. Um, okay. So let's go ahead and jump on into this one. Hello. I saw your Facebook and thought I would share my mental health journey. I'm not sure how in depth I'm supposed to be, but I'll tell you how it happened. I think the more I tell the higher chance I'll have to help listeners know they're not alone in whatever situation they're going through. Growing up, I was raised by a mother who has a lot of mental illness and grew up in a rather abusive household. My biological father was never in the mix, and my ex-stepfather who raised me was verbally and physically abusive, as well as a police officer, so not a lot got done with the law, which is a very hot topic right now. Um, that's, that's a lot more common than I think we realize is there's a lot of families that their dad or their mom is a police officer, so those resources that we would go to for help are not available to those people. Okay. When I was in high school, I noticed that I would have prolonged feelings and self prolonged feelings and self-harming thoughts that seemed to come out of nowhere. I was embarrassed about them to begin with because I didn't want to be viewed as weak and I didn't like the idea of being this mistake, if you will. It got so bad my senior year, I ended up attempting to take my life and was hospitalized for several weeks. I remember being worried that I wouldn't graduate high school despite the good grades I used to have. Once I was back in school, my grades started to drop, and I noticed that a lot of people avoiding me because they had heard what had happened. I was called a freak, weird, and many other names due to the fact that I was gone for unknown reasons. Rumors started to spread about what had happened, and it was horrible. My family wasn't talking to me as much, and I was starting to become a black sheep. Well, 
I wanted so badly to prove that I wasn't this, wasn't this fuck up that I ended up trying to do whatever I could to prove that I could be successful. That's something I really relate to is when I feel, when I feel really down or just having a really bad mental health day, I feel like I have to start to prove even to myself that I'm successful within that day. So I totally get that. Um, I ended up working at a nursing home and getting my CNA and then transferring to a hospital and working on a color. He worked in a um, urinology unit, uh, color something, urinology unit. I still, I still felt an empty hole and started struggle and started to struggle with suicidal thoughts. I wanted to work in psych care, so I worked at a psychiatric hospital for children for a while. I even worked through. I even worked. Ti- I, I even tired. Psychiatric. Well, I even. T- I even tried. Sorry. So sorry. Um. I even tried working for a rape survivors hotline to help people. I still felt this empty hole and my depression was getting worse and worse to the point where I was afraid I might not even be able to work anymore. I had the sudden thought that maybe instead of helping people who are suicidal or physically sick, I could help people who are grieving from a direct death. It seemed like a strange jump, but I ended up working in a uh, mor- 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 morgue, mortuary, mortuary, and was fascinated by the science behind forensic investigations. Me too. And that, and the fact that I could go to school and be hands-on in the anatomical anatomical field as well as working as a form of a grief grief counselor. While I was in mortuary school, I had very abu- I had a very abusive boss and started to think that my world was falling apart around me. I was living in the funeral home all alone, not able to leave at all. I was 20 I was 24/7 on call and the furthest I could go was to school or to the restaurant next to the funeral home. I was so let down thinking that there was absolutely nothing in this world that I could actually do. When I started school, I thought this would be my final chance, but I felt like I I was failing and falling through and and not in a good way. I tried to stay strong and and ended up going back to counseling. Well, upon completing my more my more this one, I don't know why I'm having such a hard time with this word, mortuary degree. I did an apprenticeship that in the state of Utah, thinking that maybe it, maybe if I was near my family, things would get a lot better. It was about 20 times worse. (laughs) I, I do understand that sometimes. Every day, I regret putting myself in this financial hole, and there wasn't a whole lot I could do. I already invested so much time in getting my degree, and I was feeling like a complete failure. Once I finished my apprenticeship and got started at a funeral home as an actual funeral director slash embalmer, I was able to work unsupervised and have more freedom. I started to realize this field really is for me. 
I definitely think there are some changes that need to be made in learning the process and the abuse aspect needs to be looked into as well. I have, I have since become certified in postmortem reconstructive surgery and was able to get married and was able to get married. And I now have a daughter on the way. My mental health has improved immensely. It just took pushing through these moments that felt impossible and pushing through the times I felt completely hopeless to find a shining light at the end. I have recently accepted a great position as a lead funeral director pre-need agent in Florida, and I am more than excited. Unfortunately, my rough experiences are always going to make me worry that any new place I go to, but about any new place I go to, but the success I have, I have had in pushing through these hard times has made it much easier to face uncertainty. Now, this is my story, kind of kind of in a nutshell, but I hope I'm able to help somebody through, help somebody through this. No matter how hopeless you feel, how messed up things feel in your life and how you feel like you've messed up, there is a shining light at the end of the tunnel. It's hard to face sometimes because you never know where it's at, but keep your chin up and keep pushing forward. Once you, once you've hit the bottom, you can only go up. That is Nathan's story. Um, wow. That, that was really, really, that was really insightful. Um, kind of my worst nightmare to have to say medical terminology with my eyes, but that is okay. Um, so a couple things I have circled is definitely that part that was about, um, prove, feeling like you have to prove something. And that's just something that I I really, really relate to is I just feel like I constantly have to prove myself. Um, I don't know how I, I don't know how I personally work around that sometimes because sometimes I get so, so focused on having to prove myself that I honestly will shut down for the rest of the day and just call it, call it a day and paint or do something. And so I, I really do get that. My second thing I have highlighted here is it just took pushing through these moments that felt impossible and pushing through the times I felt completely hopeless to find a shining light at the end. Um, you seem like a really resilient person and that is such a wonderful quality. And it really, that honestly does really shine through in your story here. Uh, the second part I have, the third part I've highlighted is there's a shining light at the end of the tunnel. It's hard to face sometimes because you never know where it's at. And I just want to add to that. Also, sometimes there's a shining light at the end of the tunnel and it hurts because it's so blinding because you've been in the dark for so long. So sometimes things that are so good for us can also, you know, make you a little sore. It's like working out or a little different and, and I think you totally get that because you say in here um, something about how, like, you know, going to a new place feels good, but your worries of, like, you know, the past are, keep seeping in. But I really do hope that Florida is and where you're at now with your position is such a great position. And it might feel a little sore at first. It might be hard to get into, like, that new routine or figure out exactly how you're going to, you know, run your position. But Dude, I really believe in you. This story just proves that you definitely are obviously going to keep pushing through. And what a great 
message and stuff to share to your daughter that's coming soon. So really, really, really nice. Thank you so much, Nathan. Okay. Sorry, I did not mean to clap into the microphone. <laughs> Whoops. Um, okay, so before we jump into story number three, I want to do this little corner of telling you guys a fun resource for this week or for whatever. Um, something that kind of brings joy, that's just not as heavy, and they did not sponsor me whatsoever. But the good newspaper, I have some here. They sent me these ones this week. Um, their issue 12 is an animal edition, all super inspirational stories about animals. And it's not like just animals being adopted. It's different stories of like how they became, um, you know, like, a what is it? When they, like service, service animals. Um, and then their third, uh, issue 13 is refugees edition. I'm very excited to dive into these, um, this is not a commercial, but they I do have a discount for you. It is Reagan 10, and you get $10 off a subscription. This is just the most encouraging thing in the week. If you don't want to watch the news in the morning, which I get some people don't, um, this is such a great way to like sit down, start your morning off, have a cup of coffee, read a super cute inspirational story, and yeah, I cannot say enough good things about this. They are not sponsoring me. This is just me completely loving their newspaper and their company. So I will put my thing in the bottom. But next week, I don't know what I'm bringing you yet, but I'm going to try and find something that is just joyful and just brings light and happiness into your air. Okay. Um, I'm going to read this third story. Where is it? Oh, it's right here. I'm going to read this third story. It's a, it's a short one. But... Um, don't go away after this story because I have a weekly mantra for you guys because it's going to come out on Monday. And I have my friend Madeline Manser. Madeline Manser. Yes, that's her name. Oh my God, I got so nervous saying it on camera. Um, she was doing this thing on her Instagram. It was a daily mantra. So, you know, daily thing to like keep in mind throughout your day. And I loved it so much that I asked her to come onto our show and if she would want to do a weekly mantra. Guys, I haven't even seen it yet, so I'm just as excited as you to see what she comes up with. She literally texted me and said, I'll get this to you later. Sorry, it has to do with water, so I'm going to film it in the water. So I don't, I have no idea what's coming, but I am very excited to see it. Um, so we're going to, that's going to happen right after I finish this story and yeah, let's go ahead and jump into the third story then. Okay. This one is anonymous. So I was diagnosed with OCD at age 12. I had a pretty severe case. So I started seeing a therapist and taking SSRI anxiety and depression drug at 25. I've been in therapy for almost half my life. I wish that 12-year-old me knew how much better things are now. I didn't have much hope that my life would ever get easier. Having a severe mental illness at that age can be pretty brutal, and it's hard to imagine a time when you won't feel when you won't feel overwhelmed with anxiety. I I also wish I knew that people weren't judging me on my thoughts. My greatest fear for many years was that people would see inside my head, know, now I know that people really don't care and that everyone deals with intrusive thoughts. Um, 
that's really great. Uh, that's what I have highlighted right there is that um, these intrusive thoughts, like you know, people. Now that I know that people don't really ca- people don't really care, and everyone deals with intrusive thoughts. Uh, I think that's really what I would like to interpret from that is that people um, care about you and your mental illness, but no, I'm not saying they don't care about your OCD. But they don't care that you have OCD, as in, like, um, they're not going to judge you for having that. Um, That me personally, I have, obviously, I said dyslexia. It's more complicated than that. It's a reading disorder. Um, And for a long time, I struggled with that being associated with me. And that's what people would know about me was that, oh, when I was a kid, like Reagan, comma, she has a reading disorder, not Reagan, comma, is my friend, is whoever. And um, it took me a long time to know that people don't really care that I had that. So that really resonated with me. And also um, everyone deals with these intrusive thoughts. Um, Yeah, (laughs) they do all the time. that makes it a little bit normal. So should they really be intrusive? Yes, they are intrusive. That's silly. Um, they, Yeah, everyone does. Absolutely everyone. Even if they don't aren't diagnosed, I'm doing air quotes for the podcast listeners, um, with mental illness, still doing air quotes. Um, everyone gets distracted by what's, you know, overwhelming them or taking their focus and stuff like that. So... Thank you so much for writing this in. I really appreciate it. Um, also, age 12 is just so young. And honestly, I can't imagine what that did and like how that made you who you are today because that is such – I mean, age 12, I was in middle school at the time. And – Yeah, I just really relate to that with being diagnosed with my reading disorder in middle school because you don't know how to separate yourself from that. So that's a really great story. And I'm so happy that you – obviously things do get better, but I wish that you could go back and tell your 12-year-old self that, you know, it's going to be a little easier. You're going to figure it out. You're going to get a foundation. So thank you so much for writing in. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm going to build a little bit on that to kind of tell my story a little bit. I, um, like I said, reading disorder, and that caused a lot of challenges for me when I was younger. Um, Probably about second grade is when I personally started to, like, be self-aware of that, and I was getting put in um, classrooms with special needs students, and it really... I don't, I don't know what it did to me, but it just made me feel like I was never going to be smart. Um, I was so self-conscious of everything in school after that and, you know, having to go down and do these things, we can get on, this is a whole nother podcast about public school systems and how there was something about how if they diagnose me, they basically have to pay for the treatment. So they do not diagnose children with more complicated, like, learning disabilities, as in um, 
I could comprehend things, but I couldn't track paragraphs. So therefore I wasn't doing good with math when it was word problems. I wasn't doing good when, you know, they would go off, go read this and come back. Cause that just wasn't how I learned. So if you have, if you are normal, still doing air quotes for podcast listeners, but you just don't have the same type of learning style, they do not go into a more complicated path to help diagnose you because then they would have to pay for it. That was at least my understanding when I was little. I have not, I should have researched that before just sharing that, but that was what happened to me. And um, I always felt this need to do better, stay up later, to just prove that I wasn't what I was diagnosed with. And now that I'm older, um, sorry, it just, I have to realize that that is a part of me and that I don't have to prove myself against it. So that's just a little snip snippet. I'm going to share more in other episodes, but this is called Selfish, but it's not about me. It's about you. So other than that, okay, let's go ahead, send it into a mantra. What do we want to focus on this week? And I will be right back. Hi, I am Madeline Manser, and this is Topa Louise the Pug, and we are here to give you your weekly mantra. Uh, Reagan reached out to me, and she said, hey, will you please do it? And I said, of course I can. That's all I want to do. I'm at my grandparents right now, just swimming, um, and you'll see why. I did this in the pool, but um, yeah, I just, I'm here to give you your weekly mantras. I love mantras. They ease my mind and give me something to focus on, especially if I'm having a hard day um, and just focus on one thing and one thing only. And that's just to get through my mantra or get through the day. And so here I am, I'm going to give you yours and I hope you run with it. And if you don't, that's okay. Cause you don't always have to vibe with a mantra. Um, so today's mantra is ride the wave and that's why I'm in a pool. Um, I like to put my mantras into like nature perspective because it kind of helps me with stuff, especially to get out in nature. It helps me so much. But um, the reason why I did that is because your mental health journey is a big old wave. Usually you're up here and then sometimes you're down there crashing down and you're like stressing out. And you know what? It is okay to do those things but if you picture yourself just riding the wave and going along and, you know, enjoying your ride, it could also help ease your mind at troubling times. And so that's why I said ride the wave. If you want to ride the wave today, tomorrow, the next day, who cares? Just, you know, ride it. And it's super fun to just like picture yourself surfing, especially right now in quarantine. And especially now that I'm in a pool. I can't surf in a pool, but, you know, I can try. I can set my imagination. I can do it. <laughs> but anyway that is your weekly mantra and so yeah I'm just so excited to be here and being a part of Reagan's journey with Selfish like this is going to be absolutely amazing um and I'm just here to give you your affirmations throughout your week so um enjoy your day um if you need anything let one of us know we can help but I don't know I'm still going through my mental health journey but we're here to ease other people's minds, okay? Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much, Madeline. I appreciate everything about you. Uh, next week, 
Um, we're going to focus more on community and where you found a community within uh, what you consider your darkest time or outside of that. Uh, what, you know, what helped you club, friend group, it can be church, it can be whatever you found, what helped you. And also it can be if you didn't find a good group, like in that dark time, you realized the group you were hanging out with was a part of that and you had to shed that either or please send them in. Also at the very beginning of this, I talked about boundaries and how I'm struggling with that. So if you want to send in any of your advice on that, I would more than appreciate it or your story. And let's send those in to selfishstories at gmail.com or the Google phone number for privacy at 818-850-3305. Thank you guys. See you next week. Goodbye.